Section 2 of Mount Rushmore National Memorial. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mount Rushmore National Memorial by Various. The Mighty Works of Borglum by Rupert Hughes. How big is great? How high is up? In the wide and numberless fields of creative art, size is a matter of spirit rather than of material bulk. A sonnet may be a masterpiece and an epic rubbish, or an epic may be sublime, a sonnet petty. It is only affectation to confine one's praise to small things. Because a poet delights in a brook chuckling through a thicket of birches, he need not therefore despise Niagara. The word colossal should not be surrendered entirely to the advertisers. The Shakespeare of the sonnets wrote Elsel, Hamlet, and King Lear. The Beethoven who wrote the giggling scherzos wrote Elsel the Titanic Ninth and added its mighty chorus michelangelo did statuettes and sonnets but also his day of judgment and his prodigious horned moses to the sincere artist it is the idea that is vital once that has inflamed him he seeks only to give it the shape and the size that its nature dictates so guts and borglum being sensitive to all the moods of life a born poet with an innate love of form for its own sake quick to glow with inspirations of every kind and determined to give each of its unique and eloquent shape has painted and carved without fear or favor the exquisite and the tremendous with equal fidelity his genius shines in the little bas-relief of a nymph in sardonic gargoyles in the tiny yet epic statuette of the dying nero a bloated coward tangled in his toga and drooping to his ignoble death in the suave portrait of the seated ruskin the pathos of the old boar warrior in the billowy rush of the stampeding mares of diomedes in his colossal head of lincoln in his war memorial for newark new jersey with its marvelously composed forty-two figures and two horses his magnificent plan for the stone mountain whose thwarting is one of the great tragedies of art and finally in his supreme achievement the mount rushmore memorial where he brought his art to the mountains and left there the four great faces for all eternity this unparalleled accomplishment seems to have been not so much the carving of those vast heads upon the peaks as the beating away of the veiling smothering stone and the releasing of the imprisoned statesmen so that they might look out upon the world and utter their lofty messages in a silence more pervasive and sonorous than any trumpet tone the heads stand up there against the clouds like cloud gods yet they are not offered as gods but as plain men who glorified the plain man each of them is greater in magnitude than the so-called egyptian sphinx the sphinx represented an unanswerable riddle and she cruelly destroyed all who could not answer it but these presidents of ours represent brave clear thinking towards safety and dignity and happiness for all mankind 
the sphinx was really a portrait the largest portrait ever made till borglum came along it is the head of king Khafre, set on the body of a crouching lion guarding the king's tomb with his pyramid back of it Khafre had it built during a reign that ended over four thousand seven hundred and fifty years ago near the sphinx and Khafre's pyramid is the greater pyramid of king khufu better known to us as cheops he lived from 2898 to 2875 bc and his pyramid contains over two million blocks of stone of an average weight of two and a half tons herodotus was told that it took a hundred thousand men twenty years to build it near karnak there are still standing or sitting two portrait statues of amenhotep the third who ruled fourteen hundred years b c just about the time of moses these statues are seventy feet high one of the four colossal statues at abu simbel represents ramses the second who died about two thousand six hundred years ago lying on its side is a broken statue of ramses the second once ninety feet high and carved from a single thousand-ton block this and another statue of him in granite ninety feet high were according to breasted writing in nineteen o five the greatest monolithic statues ever executed but borglum's bust of washington is larger than the whole figure of ramses lincoln's nose is twenty-one feet long and the sparkle in his eye is secured by a block of granite thirty inches long some of the egyptian portraits were carved upon their cliffs somewhat as borglum's statues are upon the peaks at abu simbel there are four such statues of enormous bulk the assyrians also built huge monuments and inscribed the texts of whole histories on the faces of cliffs their kings were usually represented as enormous winged bulls with the heads of bearded men these were called strangely enough cherubs the greeks created for their greater gods statues of gold and ivory whence the epithet chryselephantine such was the colossal zeus that phidias made for olympia it was about fifty feet high phidias made also two colossal figures of athena for athens one in bronze that stood up like a lighthouse and was visible to sailors far out to sea the other had ivory flesh and robes of gold and was seventy feet high the famous bronze colossus of rhodes erected about two hundred and seventy four b c by Chares of lindus was a hundred and five feet high it did not straddle a stream as tradition has it half a century after it was set up an earthquake overthrew it in six fifty six a d it was sold for junk and carried off by a caravan of nine hundred camels in china one still sees enormous buddhas and in our own world the mayan monstrosities are being brought back from the jungle that swallowed them like a sea the statue of liberty a gift to us from france is a hundred and fifty one feet high with its pedestal it is three hundred and five feet tall 
but none of the giants ancient or modern has approached the size of the greater works of borglum this carver of mountains was himself a mountainy man born in the mountainous state of idaho on march twenty fifth eighteen seventy one his full name was john gutson de la moth borglum his parents had come over from denmark his father at first a woodcarver became a physician and surgeon also a breeder of horses on a six thousand acre ranch he had no money to give his children but he gave them a love of form and a knowledge of the horse that not only inspired gutson borglum to some of his most magnificent work but also made a splendid career for his younger brother solon solon took fire from gutson's fire worked his way to paris won honors there and came home to his west where he turned out a stream of important sculptures that perpetuate many poignant phases of western life his life was suddenly ended in nineteen twenty two by an attack of acute appendicitis gutson's indomitable will carried him from the idaho ranch to an art school in san francisco thence to paris he began as both painter and sculptor and was accepted as both by the french salons in england critics and royalty heaped honors on him after painting a series of murals for a big hotel at leeds and another series for a concert hall at manchester he began to abandon the brushes for the chisel and to turn out statuary in almost every field in almost every imaginable form from the first his works won the highest honors the metropolitan museum bought his mares of diomedes at once and the french government promptly purchased a partial replica of it for the luxembourg gallery commissions rained on him and there was never any repetition in the spirit or treatment of his responses there is not space here for even a catalogue of his triumphs he also wrote much and well he was an engineer and an inventor overcoming by his own skill supposedly unconquerable problems involved in the construction of his larger works he was an orator of eloquence with a practical skill in politics at times he was a statesman and the close associate of paderewski and mazariak in their recreation of their lost republics during the first world war he investigated and exposed the causes for a mysterious and dangerous failure in american aircraft manufacture his career has a strange kinship in its versatility with that of leonardo da vinci and i believe that his name will live as long in nineteen o nine he married mary montgomery a distinguished scholar in ancient oriental languages and a translator of cuneiform inscriptions a son and a daughter blessed this union of two great souls it was in nineteen o seven that i first met gutson Berglund while preparing an article on his work to which i paid complete homage this was the beginning of a lifelong friendship of which i wrote him while he was glorifying the south dakota mountains i have always had an awe and a reverence for you that fought with my love for the simple jovial twinkling-eyed friend you always were he answered you have said your say about me and it is a wet eye that reads through your letter 
you know how vandalism in the name of civilization raids the tombs of our ancestors and destroys the records of history one of my motives in this work was to carve these records of our great west world adventure as high into the heavens as i could find the stone as man and as sculptor he was passionately american and he has not only given to his country monuments of art that equal the greatest of other nations but he has given artistic expression to the ideals that make america america the sphinx and its temple have only recently been recovered from the sand that submerged them for thousands of years yet even now the worst tyrannies and cruelties of the pharaohs have been revived and paralleled in europe just as our gentlest noblest ideals were to be found coexisting with savagery in ancient egypt i hope i believe that in seven thousand eighty there will be pilgrimages to mount rushmore by americans still keeping alive the flames of freedom kindled and rekindled by the four heroes borglum had immortalized immortalizing himself and his and their ideals along with them his mount rushmore memorial presents to posterity four great americans who upheld the rights and equalities of all mankind and who were themselves the very personifications of americanism their noble heads are lofty enough to mingle with the clouds and the parading lights of sun and moon and stars and the processionals of rain and snow and mist give them a beauty that is always changing yet everlastingly changeless only a great soul and a great artist could have conceived or achieved such a monument to them and to himself his gifts of spirit and execution were i feel unsurpassed by anything of their kind in the history of the world End of section 2